Hey guys, welcome to the Crazy Juicy Love Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Allen. Yes! You know, this podcast is dedicated to bringing honest, authentic conversations so that you can have a healthy, happy, healthy, juicy love life. Here's Crazy Juicy Love. So welcome back to the Crazy Juicy Love podcast, and it's been a while, and I'm so happy and thrilled to have this amazing person who is in front of me, uh, Taylor. How are you doing? He's a uh, holistic coach. How are you doing? <laughs> I am wonderful. Thank you so much for having me today. Yeah, you're welcome. So you know, let's do a check in. How how are you doing? <laughs> I, I'm here and I'm happy to be here and you know it's it's just a great day to to be alive. Yeah, it's a great day to be alive. Um, you know, today I woke up this morning at like five o'clock and I ended up going to the park uh, like around six something in the morning. I was just like, oh my god, it's something I've been wanting to do. To so no excuses, you know, with all this COVID and stuff going around. It's, Waking up every day, just being grateful and just like taking advantage of the moment. So, yeah. So, yeah. It's all you can do. Yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) tell us more about, you know, you as a holistic coach, like what does that mean? How do you help? How do you help and serve people? Yeah. So I, I consider myself to be a holistic health and wellness coach. Um, I focus primarily with helping people kind of ditch the diets. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, that has always been kind of where all of my struggles came from when it came to my body image and growing up, you know, being labeled the fat kid on the playground and, and all of these kind of things. And um, so it, it just kind of like, I guess, blossomed into this passion that I didn't realize that I had until I started to explore you know how toxic the diet culture was on my mindset and how I was living my life and you know it it just kind of it it began it began as my own personal transformation but then I realized I was really passionate about this and it kind of turned into me uh, launching my own health coaching business to help people also transform and you know become the happiest healthiest versions of themselves that's great you know especially now like there's a lot of um loving your body the way it is right now and being healthy especially people like lizzo Mm -hmm. um shonda rhimes um and i can't think uh macy dash you know loving your curves and your roundness and stuff like that, you know, that's been a big movement. And it's really, really great, you know, uh, being unapologetic about your body. I'm just curious of like, you know, on your journey, like what are some of the toxicity that you've seen that sort of like kept you in that mindset and not have you love your body and where you are? Yeah, um, and for me, the, the bad relationship with my body really started at a very young age. I think I was like five or six on the playground and just noticing that I was the chunkier kid on the playground, noticing that I wasn't as small as the other kids. Um, And as you progress or as I progressed through like school, it just got progressively worse. And by the time I had reached like middle school and high school, it, it had gotten so bad that like I was ashamed of what I call my man boobs, mm-hmm. which are, you know, man boobs. It's exactly what they are. And you, when you say what got what got worse, like the way you treat yourself or the way people treated you? Both. Um, so, you know, when you're five or six, you just kind of notice these things and, and nothing really comes of it. Mm-hmm. But as you start to get into middle school and especially around the puberty time and, you know, kids are starting to develop and and I wasn't getting muscles but I was getting heavier and I was my boobs my man boobs were getting more kind of pronounced and you know the the name calling started and the comments of like hey 
you know, the girls' locker room is across the hall. Like, that's where you need to go. Or, dude, like, cover up those boobs and wear a bra. Things like wow. that. Um, the name calling got a lot worse. And then the actual physical, like, scooping of my man boobs. That is where people, like, come up and kind of no. take their hands and cup them. And then, wow. like, yell scoop. And so they'll, like, come up and scoop them. And so that got progressively worse through middle school and high school. And it just became kind of my identity. I became the fat kid and I lived with that identity for forever. And it was something that I was ashamed of versus something that I, you know, learned how to celebrate and embrace. Um, and it, and when I moved to Chicago for college, it got progressively worse because I was coming out, you know, and I was mm. coming out as gay. And, you know, I really thought that I was going to kind of step into the gay community and be completely celebrated right for, <laughs> you know, yeah. who I was. And um, that's just not the case. Um, I was, you know, either not thin enough or not masculine enough or, you know, not buff enough. I mean, there were so many things that I wasn't enough of in a gay community that I had a very hard time finding my place in that community as well. Um, and so it just it just got progressively worse on on both sides of the table in my head and verse and in person with people. Well, I can t I can totally relate to that. Just you know, um, coming. I don't know if it happened when I was coming out because my body was very different at the time because I was a dancer and I lost a lot of weight in college and. Uh, but when I came to New York, you know, my body did change. Even even my body looked really good. I still got flack from the other some gay guy because I wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't have a six pack. I was like, well, I'm, and I'm not a size, you know, twenty nine. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> okay, you know, it's like, yeah. you know, and even when I got to New York, you know, I. When I finally fully came out, it was it was much like that, like trying to fit in because I still was in the dance community, and in that dance community, I still was built like a football player, not like all the Broadway dancers or the other dancers when I was still dancing and and stuff like that. It was like really hard, like going to auditions and like I'm the th like the thickest one, not like I was like heavy. Mm -hmm. But I still had big shoulders, big legs, big chest, and I did not look like any other the guys. And those were the guys they were picking. So just like I can't, how am I going to find my place, especially in New York? And um, and then I started noticing too, like when I started becoming closer with other gay friends, of like, okay, like I still am that person within this circle and I'm not getting invited to the beach but these everybody on Facebook I see everybody who's skinny and you know with six pack and stuff like that's like wow like okay like they only invite these particular guys to the beach and need to like a house party it, and I was it's, just like <laughs> ugh, it's so ridiculous and it I mean there's there's a lot of like toxic energy still in the gay community oh, yeah. and and it and it's upsetting because you know we are we are a community of of people who who celebrate pride and celebrate our differences but yet you know when it comes to like actually accepting everybody for you know who they are and the body types that they are it's still something that we we lack and it's something right. that we as a culture need to work on in a community yeah um, i was reading um gay men's gay men's uh, what is it called? Oh, sorry, uh, it's gay man's commitment to healing and, and loving and something like that. And he was saying how, you know, he's a he's a therapist. He's like, you know, most gay men, majority gay men, spend so much time trying to come out, trying not to fit fit in that box anymore to go back into another box when they yes. get when they finally come out. He was like, what's the point? Like, you did all this get all the courage to come out to be who you are to go in to fit in someone else's box that it's like it, it just doesn't make any sense and it that, perpetuates more of the trauma that gay men go through exactly that is very similar to kind of like i guess my aha moment mm -hmm. or like 
like transformational moment, whatever, yeah, so, whatever you want to say. Yeah, was, so talk about that. Yeah, like your yeah, spiritual awakening, you call it. Might, it. Yeah, spiritual awakening, whatever <laughs> you want to label it. It was it was a very similar moment. I had I had come out, I'd moved to Chicago, I'd come out, I I had accepted my sexuality. I was proud to be who I was. I was expecting men to just line up at my door <laughs> waiting to take me on dates. And I thought it was gonna be like rainbows and butterflies and and all of these, you know, things that you imagine it's gonna be and and it was the total opposite i was feeling ostracized and i was feeling like i wasn't fitting into this community because i didn't walk a certain way or talk a certain way or look a certain way or dress a certain way i mean it was so many different things and and i and for about probably a year and a half i was trying to find my place or trying to fit in like a puzzle piece somewhere within the community and i tried different things i tried the makeup i tried wearing you know more makeup? feminine really? clothes yeah yeah i tried makeup i tried <laughs> wearing more feminine clothes when i was in chicago i i just tried to kind of force myself into one of these tribes or one of these kind of stereotypes if you will and then one day i said why am i doing this this is ridiculous mm-hmm. i said i love who i am and you know it's like why why am i forcing myself to try to be something that i wasn't and it was that aha moment that kind of sparked everything it sparked not only like my relationship with myself and where i fit in the gay community but also you know where i fit on the health standards and mm-hmm. you know where i fit within the diet community and the fitness community and all these kind of things and i went you know what i'm just going to go out and i'm going to be me and i'm going to be unapologetically me and yeah. this is who i am and and take it or leave it yeah it's so really great like having that healthy relationship to yourself and so many people don't have that aha moment because they're so busy chasing trying to be good enough to fit into a circle and you know i remember my i think it was two moments for me because i you know i have vitiligo and i remember um like coming to terms accepting that i have this like visible skin uh, uh visible skin dis- disorder what they call it um and i remember saying great one more thing that i need to deal with in order to be accepted in the fucking gay community and then i was like what am i and i remember having a conversation with my best friend and then he was like well this is a good thing like you don't need to be accepted by everybody he was like you don't need the line of man you know uh (laughs) up your way he was like you just need the people who are gonna love you for you and i was like oh that's right i don't need to be validated by some line of men or some circle i need to validate myself and i need to love start loving who i am and what whatever form of shape this my skin is going to take that that just who i am and it's literally a moment by moment thing or year by year thing but i was like oh like when i stopped trying so hard to fit in and just like i am good enough just the way i am i think the notion of like really radically loving myself changed and my circle of friends changed because i stopped trying to fit in into those into those groups yeah and it that's a beautiful what you said like it's it's i and i always say that like self-love is is the first type of love that you have to master Mm -hmm. um and it's and i i find it to be true I, i find that like until you can you know fully love yourself and embrace who you are like you're you can't love anything else in life fully you know Mm -hmm. to the extent that it that it's meant to be loved and that's not talking about just relationships it's talking about like you know your job and your career and your you know passions and hobbies and interests and and the world around you it's like it's like until you learn how to master that that self-love the rest of the world just kind of seems like it's like a great color you know yeah and then when and then when you master that self-love it, it becomes this like beautiful kind of colorful painting that is just rich and and amazing yeah and you know it's it's sometimes it's a shame that a lot of men don't realize that and you know i was actually i, I did a cash gig this 
past weekend. And I met some with some old friends, this gig, this like, you know, a uh, party, but I, I knew the people who were, um, we were working together. And, and so we were talking about like, what we've been up to since doing the COVID. And uh, I said, well, I've been working on my coaching business. And they were like, oh, you're a coach? Like, they didn't know I was a coach and stuff like that. And then one of my friends was like, you, sh- you should hire him, a-, a gay friend that I know. And he kind of laughed. And then my mind was like, yeah, he's not going to hire me. Because <laughs> and only reason why I thought that, because I was like, well, he's so... Um, in his head about who he is, that he doesn't even know what's in the way. And I, and I could see what's in the way, but he can't look at himself because based off of what I know about him, and I was actually thinking about this today, and I was like, what would I say to him if he was in um, uh, in- inquiring about what was in his way? And I said, well, you know, you're you're difficult. Like you perpetually, you know, have this sort of, um, I would say, I wouldn't say say it in so much force, but like this negative behavior, like a lot of gay men have this sort of bitchy kind of like thing. You continually perpetuate this behavior and you are difficult in relationships. So you perpetually do this in your relationship. And until you own up to that, like you're going to always, always be that way. You're going to always, you know, create those relationships with those type of men. And that's why you can't maintain a relationship. Yeah. And it's, and it's amazing. You say that because it's, I mean, it's so easy for, for us to see kind of the, (laughs) you know, what's holding as, as coaches, it's, it's really easy for us to see what's holding people back, but it's really hard for people to actually like look in the mirror and actually tell themselves, you know, these are the things that are, that are holding me back. And, and it, and it's like, it's like a shield that we're all carrying around and it's like life would be so much more amazing if you just drop the shield and, and let yourself kind of embrace the imperfections, embrace you know, the vulnerabilities, embrace, you know, the things that you're, you're afraid of, you know, just kind of like be a human. Like I think there's, and specifically in the, in the gay community, I, I really do believe there's this like standard that we have to look perfect and, and be perfect and, yeah. you know, walk perfect. And, you know, I mean, all of these little stupid things that, that become, you know, ingrained in us that we really lose who we actually are you know to begin with and and we just become such like a walking i'm gonna say it a walking stereotype of you know of of gayness if you will or 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 whatever it may be and and i just i i realized i was like there was no need for me to to fall into this yeah you know yeah Uh, Brene Brown, her book, The Gifts of Imperfection, she says that mm. perfection, perfection on the other side of perfection is shame. There is some shame that keeps you perpetually trying to be perfect that you're trying to to hide. And I'm just like, oof, like, mm. like That's a beautiful quote. <laughs> and to really look at, like I said to you earlier, what is it that I, what is it that you're holding on to to keep people from seeing your imperfections? And, uh, and personally, I, I believe a part of that is even though a lot of people and well, actually, the truth is not a lot of people are fully out because I, mm-hmm. I run into and, and we were actually talking about this when we when we uh, first started chatting, um, you know, you get those people who are like, who are like, you know, I, I have uh, I haven't told my family that I'm gay. I, I don't share this with my coworkers. So they kind of, you know they kind of have this secret identity, you know, that they, you know, that they, that they put on when they're, you know, out at the gay clubs and, and things like that. And, but then when they go into like normal life, they completely kind of shut off a part yeah. of who they are. So, you know, it's like, it's like you're having to cram all of this, you know, being into a little slice of your life and then when you go into like normal society or you're around family or co-workers you're forcing yourself to you know carry a shield of like straightness or you know masculinity or whatever it is so it you know there's like 
and and I think for me, like, what I quickly realized was I came out, I made my peace with it. All my family knows, everybody knows. You know, it, it's just out, mm-hmm. and it's like freeing to be completely out. But I feel like there are still a lot of gay men who, you know, still are halfway in the closet because they only express yeah. a part of that. You know, when they're around friends or you know within the gay community, and then they step right back in the closet. Right, and you know, and a lot of those gay men don't realize that how unconsciously that is perpetuating their beliefs about themselves, about mm-hmm. love, and that constant that constant back and forth pushes love away. And I I recall actually dating a guy who was kind of off, like, kind of like, he's gay this way, but I couldn't be too gay around his best friend. And then there was, he had a, he also had another friend that I thought that was totally out until we went to lunch and we were talking, you know, and uh, he was, we were talking about relationships and stuff. I wasn't a, a coach at the time. Um, but I, as he was talking about this guy he was dating, um, I, something was off and I was just like, some like the guy who he was seeing wouldn't go out in public with him. And I was just like, okay, well, he said, well, I said, is he out? He was like, no. I said, but you want to get married. I was like, how does that work? Like, (laughs) how are you going to date someone who's not out, but you want to get married? And then... And then I was like, are you out to your family? I don't know why I asked. He's like, no. And I was like, wait, like you just want to get married and then to tell your family? He's like, yeah, that's exactly how I was going to do it. I'm going to get married and then tell my family that I'm gay. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> that is like, I'll be pissed off. Like, like that is set up for disaster. Um, but anyway, so uh, I'm just really curious about like, you know, how do you, as a holistic coach, like, how do you even start with your clients? Like, how do you, what's your process? Yeah, well, so uh, my whole, I have a signature system. So I, again, I work with, I work primarily with people who are kind of fed up with dieting and, and they're kind of over having to kind of fit into this you know, diet mentality, this diet culture that's pretty limiting and mm-hmm. and depriving and, and all of these kind of negative things. And and so I work with people who are ready to ditch the diets mm-hmm. and ditch is my signature system that I use. Um, and so ditch is an acronym that stands for design, implement, tweak, cure, and hone. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically I work with people to kind of design the happy healthy life of their dreams so we kind of let go of what diet culture tells you you should be doing what the you know fitness industry tells you you should be doing and we focus on what is it that you want to do what is it what is your happy healthy life look like Mm -hmm. and then we implement um you know what you're designing and i practice and i work with clients and i teach them intuitive eating or mindful eating um, so that's a, a different approach to the diet culture and the diet mentality. Um, and, and intuitive eating is simply just listening to your body and practicing body awareness. So eating, you know, when you're hungry, listening to your body, letting your body to, to, to decide what it is that you want to eat. Um, and then uh, once we start implementing the intuitive eating and you start to kind of live this free diet free life, we'll tweak the things that aren't working. So, you know, we'll get feedback from, you know, what's not working, what could be going better, and we'll just work through um, any challenges. And then the curing part is all about kind of curing that diet mentality mindset, because I've come to learn that the diet mentality mindset is an overall limiting mindset. And it doesn't just affect how you eat, and you know what types of foods you eat, but it also affects, you know, how you live your life. You know, in the coaching world, I say that you know how you do one thing is how you do everything. Mm-hmm. So if you're approaching, <laughs> we if you're about approaching, that. yeah. 
if you're approaching, you know, dieting with restrictions and limitations and saying no and and all of these kind of, you know, depriving, you know, mindsets, that's trickling into how you're, you know, doing your job and how you're in relationship with others and and all of these other areas of your life. And so we'll work to kind of smooth that out. And then once we kind of get all that on the right track, then we'll just keep sharpening or honing, you know, the new you. So it's it's a total transformation. That's that's great. I really love what you're saying, especially I'm really curious more about the intuitive eating because I've heard this before um, because Shonda Rhimes talked about I don't know if she calls it intuitive eating, but she started to really listen to her body as to what she would eat and when she was would stop, not like forcing herself to eat. Like I remember she was saying like, if I want a piece of chocolate cake, I'm gonna say yes, but I, I eat it until I'm like, I feel like, okay, I'm full. I don't need to eat this whole cake. I just want the cake. And she said she lost like a hundred pounds within I think a year and I think Oprah, Oprah did a Super Soul Sunday on this too. I can't remember the name of the woman, but she was, she called it conscious eating. Mm-hmm. Um, and that expands to hers is very in-depth where I'm consciously choosing this food from local farms and stuff like that, not something that's been flown here from another country. And I'm consciously eating towards the season and not picking foods that are not seasonal. So do, I'm, I'm curious of how how do you teach people to intuitively eat or, or, or and consciously eat? Yes. So again, this is a this is a an individually designed program. So mm-hmm. it's going to differ depending on right. you know which client I'm working with, but you know it and and it can take on a lot of names. There's conscious eating. There's intuitive eating. There's mindful eating. They all vary just slightly by, by you know the definition and what actually happens. But for me, it's 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 I, I I work with clients and I help them kind of trust what their gut is telling them that they that they want to eat. I give them permission to like Shonda Rhimes have the chocolate cake because <laughs> everybody needs chocolate cake in their life. Um, but practicing that awareness of okay. Do I really need the big slice of chocolate cake or do I just need to have a little sliver just to satisfy the craving mm-hmm. and and honoring the cravings versus depriving those cravings and pushing them down <clears throat> until you then go out and kind of binge on a half right. of chocolate cake. Now, how um, do you tap into that? Like if you're if you want a piece of chocolate cake, like how do you intuitive intuitively tap into how much you we're going to eat this like how do you what is a mindset or a process that you take yourself through yeah so when i when i'm eating chocolate cake i i utilize the five senses um so i really i i look at the chocolate cake so i take in you know the texture the color the frosting you know just the richness of it you know i then taste it so you know how does it feel <laughs> on my tongue and, and it's silly it, it really is but it you're intuitively slowing yourself down by 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 doing these little tips and tricks and and you're just being mindful of you know okay when I when I look at the cake I go okay how much do I actually want and then I'll cut a slice and then I'll take that out you know and then I'll start you know looking at it I'll smell it I'll, I'll taste it you know, and I just have like an actual moment and I and I enjoy the chocolate cake versus just sitting there scarfing it down because <laughs> I, I come from a background of being a binge eater where it was how much food can I get in a short period of time? I'm just trying to fill the void and, and the hole that was in my heart at the time. And, and so for me, these, these little tips and tricks of like just slowing down and eating with your senses and, you know, really tasting the cake, those things have helped me, you know, honor my cravings without forcing me into, you know, a binge eating situation where mm-hmm. I'm sitting there just eating the cake off the, off the cake plate. You know, yeah. wow. um, so little, little tips and tricks that I, that I work with clients to implement. And I'm curious too, you know, you're saying, cause I know 
for me learning to actually do that myself, like, well, what am I trying to avoid or fulfill by eating or drinking? Um, like, what are some of the typical things that um, people use food to fill voids? Well, a lot of times, like, people are, are filling voids when they're unsatisfied in other areas in their life. Um, so a lot of times, you know, they're either unhappy in their career or in a relationship, you know, at something's going on at home, you know, there's a lot of like external factors that come into, you know, how we eat and, and why we eat and things like that. And especially this is now getting into like emotional eating because we're allowing the emotions of outside situations to come in and kind of control, you know, the how we eat and, and, and when we eat and what we eat and all these kind of things. So it's, it's really, and this is why I, I consider myself a holistic coach because it, it's not, my program starts with food, but it kind of encompasses the whole body of the person and, and it accounts for every area of their life. And, and we, we look for, you know, we look for, you know, what emotions are triggering, you know, them to eat. And so the whole program is built around becoming just more aware, more in tuned with your body and with your mind and with your emotions. So it's, 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 I think radically different than diet culture where diet culture just tells you, you know, no carbs, no sweets, no processed sugars, no this, no that. And then they, you know, but that's not really getting to the root of the yeah. issues. And so when you take this more holistic approach and you look at, okay, where are you feeling, where are you feeling unfulfilled in other areas of your life? You know, that's something that I work with clients to, to chart and things like that. So, you know, we're, we're starting with, with the diet but the whole kind of program is all about becoming more mindful and more aware and more in tuned with not just your food, but with every area of your life. Mm. <clears throat> I know, yeah. And I know we were talking about uh, before about addiction. Um, like how does one know? Because I've, I've noticed um, with particular some friends and exes of like how one addiction leads to given that one addiction sometimes leads to another which translate into like food or drinking or mm -hmm. you know so like because i know you struggled with addiction with uh, mm -hmm. with the food and stuff like that so how did you um start to break that cycle and like and, and like what was the actual emotional connection that kept you in that addictive in that addictive place yeah, um, <laughs> a nice big sigh there. Um, you know, for for me, my my food addictions, I think. Well, so I have a I have a family history of addictions, and I have parents who are who are addicted to drugs, and you know, I have family members who are addicted to alcohol, and you know, it, it's just a, a common theme in my family mm -hmm. um, to have some sort of addiction. And and I think for me, I, I became a food addict um, at a very young age. Um, you know, I remember a time when I was like 16 and, you know, we would have family dinner and then I wasn't satisfied enough. So I would go and I would drive through the McDonald's drive-through and the Taco Bell drive-through right down the road from my house wow. and both I of them would, I would yeah I would eat both McDonald's and you know I'd usually go get like a McChicken and fries and then a Crunchwrap Supreme you know and and it was just I was I think it was a part of it was I was unsatisfied kind of with life I was unsatisfied with who I was, I mean, that was, that was, that was, you know, pre coming out time. So I was still very much in the closet. I was still kind of denying who I was. I was still struggling to really identify with who I was. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, it was, it was a lot of, a, it was a lot of emotional kind of factors that were playing into 
those kind of addictions. And so food was kind of like the comfort thing. Food was tasted good. It, it felt good when I was eating it. And then five minutes afterwards, I felt miserable. But, you know, the, the actual moment of eating for me was just so satisfying. And, it, and for, you know, two minutes, I was able to kind of just like escape. You know, that's really what why people, you know, drink or use drugs and become addicts is so they can kind of escape. And for me, food was my escape. And it wasn't until it really wasn't until I started to do a lot of the deeper inner work. Um, you know, I now consider myself addicted to self-help books, which I think is a much healthier addiction. <laughs> I think I am too. <laughs> um, and and it wasn't until I started to do those that deep inner work of, of figuring out, okay, who was I? What what are some of my values? What do I stand for in life? Like, what is it that I want to do with my life? All of these like, you know, big kind of life questions that we all kind of struggle with. It wasn't until I was able to start piecing those together and, and figure out, you know, who really was Tyler? That's when I was able to start realizing that, okay, I don't need the food to kind of fill me anymore because I can be fulfilled by life and I can be fulfilled by the experiences that I have and the relationships that I have. And, and so it, it, it all for me came back to the core of who I was and getting to the bottom of that. Um, and I think that's, I think that's the kind of the purpose in life anyway, is to kind of figure out who you are and, and what's going to make you the happiest version of yourself. Wow. That's beautiful. Um, I'm curious too about, you know, the addiction of escaping. Cause now I can, I can see that now with certain people I know, I'm curious of like, what are some of the common things you see with your clients of, if they deal with addiction, like what are they normally trying to escape? Um, you know, I haven't, I haven't worked with too many. I don't know if I've actually worked with any clients who are mm -hmm. really necessarily addicted to anything. Um, a lot of my clients who I, who come to me, they're fearful. So mm. that's not really a, an addiction, but they have fears and they have, um, they have a hard time kind of, I guess, accepting the present moment, um, because a lot, you know, a lot of people are so either held back from their past or too worried about their future that they're not connecting with the here and now. And so for f a lot of times fear is you know, being afraid of, of what's to come and being afraid of this, this future that is, you know, not guaranteed to anyone. Mm. But, you know, so for me, it, it's working with these, with my clients to help them kind of center. And again, this comes back to centering to the present moment, centering to the core of who they are, you know, really doing some of that digging and unearthing of like, who are they? You know, what is it? that they want out of life, you know, what got them to this point, you know, where do they want to go from here? And so a lot of times I feel like I'm a fisherman and I'm, I'm reeling them either, you know, back to the present if they're stuck in the future or I'm pulling them, <laughs> you know, yeah. pulling them up to the now if they're, if they're stuck in the past. So, you know, and, and a lot of people, they come to me because they are just tired of dieting and they think, oh, this is going to be a new way to, to kind of live life. And they don't quite realize that we're going on a on an adventure, and we're and this is way more than just ditching the diet. This is letting go of that diet mentality that's been holding them back, that's been kind of weighing them down. And you know, like I'll give you an example. One of my clients, uh, she's 62, and for the last 62 years of her life, she's never been able to say, I love you to herself and look in the mirror and actually say that to herself and mean it. And she was terrified of certain foods because she was living in such a, an extreme kind of toxic diet mentality mindset that, you know, certain foods, she was like, I can never eat the cake. 
and now she eats the cake, you know? And so a lot of times it's just kind of resetting the way they think about food and how that translates into other areas of their life. Wow. Yeah. That's um really just, powerful stuff, yeah. We just went on like a full like tour de France kind of route there. That was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I just really love that. Just like because, you know, so many clients and people in general don't get or see the connection that they're putting themselves especially with food like you know um and it's, i don't know why i'm thinking about this right now but i, I think i, t- I talked to you talk, told you this before about um the movie devil was prada and uh i think the character's miranda um the character that plays by uh, meryl streep mm-hmm. and she t- and it's the same thing with food or in relationships and like you like, you know, she says to um, Anne Hathaway's character, it's like, you think that shirt you're wearing doesn't say anything about you, but it says everything about you. Yeah. Uh, and even in relationship, you think being in a relationship doesn't say anything about you, but it's saying everything <laughs> about you and the food that you eat as well. Yeah, you know, and and... And you can you can tell you can tell people who are stuck in this diet mindset because you'll see their plates and their and their plates of food are just sad. You know they're eating it they're eating a a a piece of grilled chicken and some broccoli and it's like okay who want who really let, let's get honest no for taste. a minute <laughs> who who really wants to eat that seven days a week you know our our bodies, our bodies need carbs. Our bodies need, you know, proteins and fats. And and every once in a while, I believe that our body does need a little bit of sugar, you know? Yeah. A little something sweet to kind of, you know, just yeah, <laughs> make, make you, you know, make you mm. make you wiggle or, or whatever <laughs> we're doing here. Um, <laughs> but it's but it's you know, it's like it's like I don't know it, it it's so it's like it's like people who are who are stuck in this in this diet mentality they have I think such a a you know neglected and kind of sad relationship with themselves you know because they're not it, it, it it's like they're they're missing something mm-hmm. and they're and they're and they're you know and they're and they think the weight or whatever they're trying to lose is going to bring them the happiness, but it's it's really happiness is not something that that comes from losing a ton of weight. Happiness comes from being present and connected with the now and being yeah. okay in this moment. And I don't know. Yeah, and it's it's really I'm glad you just said that. Um... Cause I had a, a, a old client of mine and she was like, you know, she hadn't dated in eight years and she's like, well, I need to lose these 15 pounds. Then I'll start dating. And I said, listen, what if you don't lose those 15 pounds? Then what? Like you don't, you're not worthy of love. Like you're worthy of love just the way you are. You just have to accept your body the way it is and the way it is. And if you don't lose it, so what if you do, you do. But, you know, so many people don't date because of those extra 10 or 15 pounds that they gain. Or I see it all the time on people's profile. Don't show the whole body a picture. These really extreme high ups now. And I'm just like, (laughs) we got to see you in person. Like you're you're high. Like your picture just telling me you're hiding and you're uncomfortable with who you are to show who you are right now in this picture like you're not fooling anybody you know yeah. maybe they, they think they are but you know I, it just this shaming themselves on their online dating profiles and yeah, that's so it's so sad to see people who cannot fully embrace themselves for who they are right now and in, in present moment because uh, you know this 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 present moment is all that we have yeah. you know and and you know 
and there is like for me when i when i realized that that like the now is is the now that that is everything you know it it just was like this freedom of like okay i just i just have to be tyler right now and and i think for me and and i'm i'm glad this came up because i just had a thought um for me i i was always so concerned with trying to become that future version the one who who lost the 15 pounds mm-hmm. okay that you're so stuck in that future moment of okay i will be happy when mm-hmm. i lose 15 pounds or i'll find a, a a boyfriend when i lose 15 pounds or or whatever like that you're you're not you're not you're no longer connected to the present and you know the the future is is always going to be tomorrow you know it's like it's always going to be tomorrow and and so you're constantly chasing these 15 pounds and you're not reaching those 15 pounds because it's always going to be in the future you know you and if and let's say you you reach those 15 pounds well then all of a sudden it becomes well let me lose another 10 pounds or let me lose another 5 or or whatever it is people need to people need to embrace who they are in this present moment and be totally happy with that and then that gives you the freedom to then change if you want to change if you mm-hmm. want to grow but you can't grow in the future you can only grow in the now yeah yeah so. good stuff tyler uh, <laughs> thank you <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh, we're coming up to the end here. Um, so I'm going to ask you some questions. Yeah. I know you don't know these questions. Uh, um, but um, let me see. Can I find it? Uh, but anyway, so what is, what is something that you, that gets in your way, but you always like put your best self forward to like get out of your way? How do you get out? How do you get out of your own way? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, I would say, I would say my my brain gets in the way. Um, I think there is a there is a a you know you have your you have your mind and you have mm. your heart and and in order to get out of your mind you have to access that inner heart space mm. um, and so you know by practicing the awareness and the mindfulness and, you know, by practicing being present in the now, you know, it's a lot easier now for me to access that heart space so I can get out of my brain. And mm-hmm. once you're out of your brain and you're actually working from that, that inner heart space area, like things are just so much easier. Oh, that's great. Great, great. And so what is one self love, um, activity that you do that you can't be without i and as crazy and as silly as it sounds like (laughs) i just love looking at myself in the mirror and smiling at myself and when i when i actually make eye contact with myself in the mirror and i and i smile at myself i'm just soaking in who I am right there in that moment. I'm looking at my whole body. I'm looking at everything that it is. And I'm just practicing that awareness that this is just my physical body. And that's all, you know, it's, it's just my physical body and it, and it, and it's a beautiful thing. And I just, and I just practice like saying, you know, what are three things that I appreciate about my body? Mm. And I just kind of list them in my head, kind of like practicing gratitude. And it's, it just helps you go, okay, my body is, is really cool. Yeah. Wow. I do that too. That's one of like my favorite things to do. Like when you can be with yourself mm-hmm. and be with what you're saying, not like I'm, you know, I'm grateful for this and that, but you're actually being connected to the words and it and it hits you it's like a different sensation in your body you gotta you gotta really feel it you got you can't just say oh i like my eyes (laughs) you don't if you really don't you know if you're not really feeling 
you know, how, how beautiful your eyes are and how much color are in your eyes and, and all of these kind of, you really got to feel that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so what does a juicy love life look like to you? For me, it, it, again, it boils down to self-love and being just completely in love with who I am, what I'm doing, every ounce of my body, every ounce of my being, and just, you know, just loving myself. I mean, for, for somebody who spent so many years not loving myself, I feel like I'm in this really great relationship right now. Mm. Like I wake, I wake up and I go, God, this is, this is bliss. You know, Uh. this is, this is wonderful to be able to have this new kind of mindset, this new being, this new understanding of what self-love really is. And what about romantically? What does that look like? I, somebody who, (laughs) somebody, well, okay. It's hard because, um, I want somebody who is also deeply connected to themselves and, 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 and that's a hard thing to find sometimes because so many people are just not deeply connected to themselves, but I want somebody who, who knows every ounce of their being and is just rooted to, to the core of their heart and is, you know, ambitious and, motivated and, and inspiring and just radiates joy yeah i want i want somebody who radiates joy yes <laughs> that's super <laughs> super important and also where can people find you online and tell us about your promotion that you have too oh yeah so <laughs> uh you can find me online at radically transformed coaching.com i'm also on instagram at tyler transformed and through that Instagram, you can find me in other areas too. That's the easiest way to do that. Um, and then I am running, starting September 14th, um, I am running a five-day Ditch the Diet Challenge. And so it's going to be a five-day virtual challenge happening in my private Facebook page where we're going to work on kind of the whole ditching the diet mentality and working through you know, letting go of the diet mentality and designing that happy, healthy life of your dreams. So it's, I like to call this a little taste of, um, you know, what a diet free life can look like. Um, And it's going to be a free challenge that I'm offering. So people can kind of get a better understanding of what intuitive eating is, what being mindful is, you know, how can you design that, that happy, healthy life of your dreams. Great. I might have to join that too. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to have you. Yeah. um, And all that'll be, uh, I'll get the links from you, I guess I'm assuming. And and that'll be in the show notes. So thank you so much, Tyler, for being on the show and sharing yourself, um, your heart and your joy uh, with what you do. And um, yeah, thank you for being here. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate this. You're welcome. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to the Crazy Juicy Love Podcast. If you like this podcast, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave a comment. And if you really like this podcast, please share it. Twitter, Instagram, or on your webpage. Thank you. Crazy Juicy Love.